of the disco Stephen Ferris. Such a pleasure to watch him in the studio. He's always having such a good time. And if you want to check out any of the tracks that he played in the morning, once again, it's on the FBI radio website on the programs and playlist page. Any songs that caught your ear and you'd like to look into, you can find them there. And today we've got Newcastle-born comedian Rhys Nicholson, who just got back from a solo run at Edinburgh Fringe Festival. He's a local regular at the Comedy Store and has supported big-name comedians all around Australia, but Reese is probably best summed up uh, by his audience fringe review. Few can manage to be simultaneously as filthy and endearing as Reese Nicholson. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ash. That is, yeah, that's true, and I think over the next hour I will prove that to you while also pro- hopefully not getting you fired from this radio station, um, being <laughs> filthy and uh, endearing. Ideally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting paid, so, you know. Oh, great. Good. I, I still enjoy Weird, being I am. on the air. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Oh, no. Oh. All right. I'll well, go. I'm, I'm storming out. Okay. All See right. ya. I'll get to work on the... Uh, how to use any of this equipment. Uh, <laughs> All the buttons. All the buttons. So you've brought in a butt-ton of great tracks today. But before mm-hmm. we get to that... I, d- I did bring them in my butt. That is true. <laughs> I didn't want to. It's already started. I didn't want to bring it on air, but I brought all these songs in my butt, each individually on a CD. Oh, I thought USB would make sense. But plug USBs, I'm pretty sure they exist. In retrospect, a USB would have been a better idea. But (laughs) I didn't think about that. I went to the. You can manage. I went to office work. I bought CDs, and they're all up there. (laughs) Anyways, um, I am not a robot. yeah, these these are my songs. I have to I have to preface this. I feel like that my my song choices. I'm not I'm not like huge into me- music. Is that a weird sentence? I'm not like I don't I don't really have like these are my favorite bands in the whole world. I have a few, but I don't I don't like keep up with music. I'm not one of those passionate people about music. You know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. is kind of every time I say that to someone, they look at me like, "How do you not like?" I I just don't really like mu- music. Very much. Why are you on this show? Who that asked is, you? That here? is a good question. That is a <laughs> good question. The thing is, I'm looking at the list of songs that you've brought mm-hmm. in, and we've got we've got too many to actually pull mm. because we need a cull, and they're all actually really good songs. Oh, good. How do you manage to have good taste but not like music? Um, I don't know. I get. I just pointed at songs. Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I I I do have good taste in music. Maybe I do like music. It's just all really. I I only like good songs. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or maybe it helps that you live with a lot of uh, Triple J people. Maybe I do. they're constantly, you know, giving you not, you know, USBs that are not from bums. I do feel like my boyfriend who works for Triple J. He does mm-hmm. subtly provide me with music that he thinks I will like. Oh, yes. I like because I like very particular music. I like things like the presets. I like things like Talking Heads. These very particular. You know where the song is going. I don't like any of this Tame Impala playing their guitars and you don't know where it's going. They're just riffing, man. We're crazy. We're looking at our feet. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that kind of stuff. I like very defined beat-heavy music. Uh, and so, yeah, I like that. I like Arcade Fire. I like um, uh, Tap Dancing. No, I don't know. I'm just oh, saying words now. Um <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, I was actually, like, when I was trying to think of, like, how do I introduce Reese? I was kind of like, oh, okay, look on his website, see how he introduces himself. And honestly, within four words, you'd already made me laugh. Your your um, online bio was Newcastle born and inbred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty happy with that. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I love Newcastle. It's a, I, th- I, I am who I, like, I'm, I am who I am because of Newcastle, I think. I, um, I wear suits, but I'm the... I'm a hardcore bogan at heart. It's <laughs> under this shell because I think when you move when you move towns, you try and recreate who you are. I think you try and um, you know yeah. you know it's like when you move a, if you ever moved schools, it's like a fresh start. You can go, oh, I can be whoever I want. And then the first day you're picking an outfit to be in town was that hard when you moved to Sydney and you were like gonna have your first day out in the town and then yeah. you had to like get dressed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had to like uh, I, I think I I did dye my hair when I first moved here. Um, I know you may look at pictures and think, is that hair natural? No, I did think um, that actually. Yeah. yeah. I died with the blood of hecklers. Yeah, I think, and I, but still, every now and then, little bits of Newcastle just come pouring out of me. Just these little, little, little nuggets of. Oh yeah, little bit of. Not, not on community radio, yeah, please. No. Oh, yeah. 
We want to stay on the air. I didn't with our say license. the word. I didn't say the word though, didn't I? I didn't yeah, know. well, we'll see if we can get any other little little bits and bobs of Newcastle out yeah. of you throughout the show. We've got we've got some gooch palms coming up within the hour, so that's that's a good thing out of Newcastle. Easily the best <laughs> band name of all time. It is the gooch palm. I try to visualize it, but I'm not really sure. Like, could someone draw gooch palms and send it please, into the station? Please do. Like, even if you just you know do it on your phone and Are then the text palms? into oh four oh nine nine four five nine four five. Are the, be great. Are the palms on the gooch or is the gooch on the palm? I think the, the fronds are Gucci. Right. Okay. Gucci-esque, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I get that. I get All right. that. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to whack on our first song. Yay. Yay. Talking Heads. Yes, this is my favourite song of all time. I figure what we should do, we start with my favourite song of all time by my favourite band of all time, and this is my favourite recording of all time. Uh, do that, and then we, instead of, instead of saving it for the last... <laughs> We peak early and slowly go down over the course of the hour. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I think, um, I think downhill's probably the best way we should play it. That's where I'm going. So this is, <laughs> this is Talking Heads uh, with right. Once in a Lifetime. It's from the live uh, recording of Stop Making Sense. It's the best. On FBR 94.5, listen Out of the Box. Reese Nicholson, my guest today. Silent water, 
your first grown-up song, my Bruce Nicholson. My first grown-up song. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. That's it. Ash. That, oh yeah, I was just saying. Like this is my. I think this is like the first. I think you get a, to a point growing up where you know I grew up in the '90s and where we had the S Club Sevens and the and the same thing happened in the '80s. I guess it was like there you, still hasn't been a party like the S Club party. Exactly. Exactly. And the Venga bus is coming and mm. everybody's jumping. New York from San Francisco and inner city discos. I um I. But I think everyone gets to a point where there's the music you like when you're little and you get to about 12 or 13. And this is it. My uncle gave me the Stop Making Sense Talking Heads DVD. And I remember being like, this is, I'm not going to like this. This is from a decade that I wasn't even born in. And then I looked and I remember watching it and just going, oh, this is what grown up music. I was so excited to like something that wasn't aimed for children. It yeah. was the, it's, I was saying it's like the first time you drink wine, it's the first time you drink coffee. First and you time you enjoy to a band that's not wearing midriffs. Exactly, exactly. We've all been there. We've all been to the midriff party. What? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I, I just think, yeah. And I, David Byrne, especially, he's kind of one of my. He's my idol. He's my main idol just because of his his art pop and art rock, and he's kind of the way he dresses, the way he holds himself. He's quite funny, but also quite stoic. Um, are you are you trying to you know say that you and him are the same person? I am. I don't want to bring it up, but I am David Byrne. Take off my mask. Ha ha. Whoa. Um, imagine imagine radio though. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine if I just David Byrne turned up. Uh, I I almost met. Almost meeting him is a pretty strong way of saying it. I was at Sydney Festival a couple of years ago when he was here with St. Vincent on that tour, uh, which I was out of town when they actually did the show, and it's one of my biggest disappointments in my whole life that I did not see that show. Uh, but uh, I was at an after party for something for Sydney Festival. I'm a chronic plus one in my life. Oh, I'm yes. never actually invited to things myself. I'm just always my famous friends plus one. I'm the guy standing there. Oh, how Look, are you, you involved you in all this? You save a lot of money that way. Being exactly. a plus one is great. I will go to the opening of an envelope. Uh, <laughs> We were um, standing there, and I hate that thing because people are always like, and how do you fit into all of this? And you're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm not oh, involved no. in this at all. I went to Sydney Writers Festival after party a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and people kept saying, so what have you written? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, tweeted? Dick, dick jokes. Oh, you did tweet um, recently, though. I did tweet. That's that's the thing. I got the most yeah. retweets I've ever gotten. Um, it, it was a joke about the death of one of our greatest prime ministers, though. So that's uh, not ideal, like, I guess. I did ma- get like I got like four hundred retweets. That's this huge. Is, this is where we realise how much of a fluke the internet is. You have no mm. idea how things are going to work out. I sit and write tweets sometimes, and I will spend an hour on that tweet. I will spend an hour on one hundred and sixty characters, and nothing will happen. I'll get a favourite from a bot, and then <laughs> and then something happens. You write. What did I write? I wrote. Um, Gough Whitlam was ninety eight years old. Two more years, and he would have gotten a super awkward read. Um, super awkward letter from the Queen. It's semi funny. That's an okay tweet. Like four to five hundred retweets. So you feel a little bit guilty because you didn't earn it. A little bit. Yeah. Which is how I feel about my whole career. Um, <laughs> Sorry, back to David Byrne. Back to David Byrne. I was at an after party and David Byrne was standing at the other side of the room, and I've never been more. I don't really get starstruck very often, but I, I literally went into like a panic and a tizzy of like, oh my god, what if he, what if I get stuck in a conversation with him? What happened? And he was over there talking to the guitarist from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Oh, Nick Zinner. And it's like. What are they talking about? Like, who, what, do they just talk to each other? Things like, so, uh, are you still changing the face of music? Yeah, I am. Uh, they probably just talk still... about pedals and stuff, you know, guitar yeah. pedals and tech just, stuff. What are their lives? What does David Byrne eat for breakfast? That's what probably does... what they're talking about. Kale. Yeah. I reckon kale. Kale, kale I reckon. Kale shakes. Because he's got that she weird seeds. thing where he's like, a, he's artsy and he's stoic and weird, but I reckon he's like a normal guy under it all. Like, he's mm. kind of a character. He knows that he's David Byrne. Anyways, I think too much about David Byrne. Yeah. Well, I wish there was. You know how Annabelle Crabb does that kitchen? Is it kitchen, kitchen cabinet? Kitchen cabinet. Best yeah, show ever. I wish there was like a musician's version because yeah. you know you need to take them away from like a music interview scenario yeah. and and something quite elevated and be like, let's just make some food. I mean, let's make a toasted sandwich with David Byrne. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, that'd be the best. I want to. I want to know what David Byrne's best recipe is. Mm. Like, what does he does he make? Like a good lasagna. Imagine David Byrne making lasagna. That's a really nice thought. Yeah, like a really delicious lasagna. I feel myself like drifting away into this dream state. Yeah. But let's come back. Yeah. You've done something back. kind of similar to doing a, I guess, a kitchen cabinet. You've done something called making friends with Reese Nicholson. Yes. So you have comedians and just funny sorts. Yes. And they come over to your house. My, you, yep. Your house, I assume. And you do you do a <laughs> craft house. at noon. Our neighbours don't know about it. Uh, <laughs> they work during the day. It's fine. Yeah, because I, I really like craft. I'm a very crafty person. I like, I'm not very good at craft, but you don't really need to be good at craft. You just need to have the stuff to do craft with. I think that's the difference between craft and art. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Craft is 
bad art, kind <laughs> of. Uh, uh, but it's quaint enough to get away with. It's it's endearingly bad. Exactly. Like the UTS Tower building. Yes. Oh, all right. Are we starting fights on air now with I'm people? Sorry. I don't oh, know. I went no, there. I it's fine. No, I did. I did not go to university. Woo! And that's. <laughs> Why I'm here. Um, I am. Um, I think uh, I really like craft. It's. I make like bow ties to sell after my shows and stuff as well. And so are they wearable? Yes, mm. I make. I make little bow ties that people can buy. Twenty dollars uh, available after shows and on my website as merchandise. I am. Um, <laughs> I call. I call them racist pieces. Uh, I. I. I think it, it's like a, it's fun. It's a fun craft thing that you can kind of disappear into. And so I would bring my friends over and we would chat about things. It's on YouTube. It's called Making Friends with Reese Nicholson. And we just chat about comedy and um, our favourite things and things that we make. Any favourite creations from that? My friend Nikki Britton made a finger puppet and it was very funny. We did a little show of the finger puppets. Ronnie Chang as well, who's like kind of blowing up at the moment. He's like quite a famous comic now. Oh, he's the one who did that skit about um, getting your mum to use... The computer, like yes. teaching her how to fix the internet because yeah. she commented on, on a troll. Yeah, yeah. He's on, incredible. Uh, yep. He's incredible. We kind of started around the same time and he's one of those people that it remains the same. Like he's just so funny and so lovely. We hang out a bit. Um, and he did one where he, he did a, an abstract painting of him. He did, a, he did a beach drawing and then stuck a robot on top of it and said, <laughs> uh, this is me. I'm uh, the robot on the beach. <laughs> you sound like, like him. Yeah, I've hung out a lot with him, uh, and that so that that's what that's what Ronnie Chang did. Um, yeah, I was pretty happy with that. I, I we could never get it quite right. I think I want to get back into making those. They're really fun, but I was just it was a couple of years ago almost now, and I wasn't really good. My hair was still really big. It you was. Know, it's, it's a different I was, era. I was kind of disappointed when you came in. I, I thought you know you've lost a couple of inches on the hair. Like, I know. Why Sorry did that happen? That. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just kind of. It's fe- I fell out. I'm balding. Okay. That's so it's not, not to accommodate radio headphones or anything like that. That would have helped, actually. That's a good point. Mm. Let's just go with that. Yes. Wondrous. <laughs> All right. We've got a track to take from the Peep Temple. It's called Carol, and you'll hear why we've got the track on in a minute. Best song. Reese Nicholson is my guest today on Out of the Box. My name's Ash Bertabez, and here's the Peep Temple. Whee!
Unbelievable. I really oh, liked it. Such a good song. Mm. That song, it's my new it's my favorite song at the moment. Um just because I was on I was on tour earlier in the month and the song it just came we were all hung over sitting in the van. Not the driver obviously. We're safe. Road rules children. Uh we were driving and sitting there hung over and the song came on and we didn't really take any notice of it and there's a lyric about 20 seconds in where he says, I don't want to be a Christmas ham. And we all just stopped talking and just stared at the radio. Like, what is that? Like, Weird things that happen in a van full of comedians. Yeah, where we all just <laughs> shut up and just turned up the song and just sat there in silence listening to it. And really, kind of, and we shazammed it, and that became the song of the next three weeks of the tour. We just constantly listened to it any chance that we could. We'd get every time we got into the car, someone would go, put on Carol. And we put it on because it's the best. It's just the best song. The lyrics are great. It's like punky and fun. Um, And it's just, it's it's the dude everyone's seen in the pub before yelling at someone about just like, you know, I love you, right? I don't think Trevor's good for you. Like he's, he, it's, it's so it's Bogan, compassionate, but really emotional. <laughs> yeah, he's like emotional. A, he's a that's beautiful. That's I think we should coin that. We should make some money out of that. Coin. Um, it's yeah, it's that kind of yeah passionate. Like in love, man showing his feelings that probably uh, you know has just learnt feelings. He's crying into his beer, into his twoies or his yeah. VB. I just I also love the lines like I'm the one that's helping you through the, the divorce. divorce. It's kind of like so you kind of owe me something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a Christmas ham. It's just the best lyric anyone's ever written. It's the best thing. Fantastic. So that's the be- the Peep Temple. Peep Temple. The peep Temple. P E E P. It's kind of it's like. Holy and and dirty, the yeah. Peep Temple. To think about it. They have it. some really great stuff going on. They there. have a really great album cover as well. It's like this is oh, we're in a visual medium. Um, uh, it's like a fish, ma- half man, half fish, sitting in a dark room in a chair. <laughs> it's like a man with a fish head sitting in a dark room, and it's and it looking really solemn. And I feel like that might be the guy yelling at Carol about Trevor. <laughs> he's a half fish man, and he's just angry. And Trevor's not good for you because he's mostly fish. Yeah, yeah. Trevor is actually a, a piece of bait on the end of a hook, and mm. I don't think I don't think he's good for you, Carol, because you were going to be. I don't know where this is going. I really um, hope it's like the the song of the year, you know, like if it's the hottest one hundred or whatever. Yeah, imagine oh, that'd be the best. Yeah, oh, and I'd be. This is it, where we're at now emotionally where, yeah. as a nation. It's it's one of those great because it's half novelty song, half not. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's one of those perfect. It's really listenable, but also it's quite fun. Anyway, yeah. that's my favorite kind of music. So, what tour was it that you were on? That you you were listening to this in the van? I was on the Sydney Comedy Festival Showcase Tour, which is just um, part of Sydney Comedy Festival puts on um, like their favorite acts, I guess. And we mm-hmm. do a little tour in a van or a couple cars around. Uh, we did this year. I did Tasmania, uh, two weeks around New South Wales, two weeks around um, uh, Queensland. And that was about it, I think. That so there was about a month and a half. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure every show is different. But do you mm-hmm. ever find that you touring your jokes in particular? <laughs> do you ever feel that there's like certain places that don't get it, or you know, certain places where different different things are really you know appreciated? Yeah, I think. Weirdly, I was quite nervous. We we did Far North Queensland, and I was kind of just not outwardly nervous but a little bit like oh I don't know if Arnold Queensland will pick up what old Reese's putting down <laughs> um, and I was a little bit worried about that but it turned out to be great weirdly the only thing that people have trouble with I'm very graphic on stage with sex things sometimes um, what people get weird about is um, religious stuff Weirdly, in the middle of uh, we're at Queensland, I think I got heckled. And it just depends on where you are. If you're in a small town, sometimes if you're in an art centre, these beautiful theatres, sometimes where it's the older generation come because they think that's what you go to at the art centre. And so there's a room full of older people oh. watching me talk about how um, I think the Virgin Mary was a teen mother who lied about her pregnancy. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah, and a woman in a 70s at least stood up and he- the weirdest heckle probably second weirdest heckle I've ever had a woman stood up and um, and just said will you stop talking about the baby Jesus which is weird like not just the Jesus the baby Jesus like she was that uh, she didn't matter if I could have talked about grown up Jesus she would have had no problem with it um, you just get weird heckles yeah, on well, tour baby, the baby Jesus can't defend himself as exactly well as grown up Jesus although could he he was the messiah surely he had true, powers true 
But he went off the radar for a bit there and then came back as, you know, with, with the words off to the deal grid. with. He went off the grid. <laughs> yeah. Off the grid for a while. Off the ancient grid. You get the weird, the weirdest heckle I ever got while on tour was last year. I was on a similar tour um, and I was in place, I think it was Kuma or something. It was an RSL going oh, very yeah. well. And um, I'm very, I'm very R- successful. Wait, RSL. RSL. I'm very successful. Yeah. Um, and uh, they had not... Sometimes in RSLs they play, because it's the Return Servicemen's League, of course, they play the last post oh, yes. at certain times in the day to um, remember. I mean, it's a great thing. They had forgotten, the club had forgotten to turn off the speakers that play that within the auditorium. Oh, dear. So I'm on stage in the middle of a show and it's going quite well and suddenly the last post starts... In the while well, I'm on stage, the whole audience raises to the. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. Um, <laughs> one of the comedians automatically don't try and help me. Just start filming. Uh, the whole audience stands up and faces east, and we have to stand there in the middle of my set in silence while the last post plays, and then everyone sits down, and I say, "Well, I'm never effing going to forget that," and then I just have to keep going on with my set. So, what did you did you? you- kind of tend to crack up some pretty vulgar jokes yes. and talk about some, um, you know, not, not so nice things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's your style. That's what I do. Mm. Were you in the middle of doing something particularly disgusting with your set when that uh, when the last post came on? Was it a unopportune moment? I think, um, oh, I can't remember. It was last year. I, I, I would imagine. I would imagine I was. <laughs> I can almost guarantee I was saying something horrible. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I remember it, it kind of helped me in a weird way, though, because it kind of put me on side with the audience um, and they went with everything else I'd said. They almost pitied me for, like, well, he's gone through a hard thing to happen on stage tonight. <laughs> it's just one of the weird... Like, what goes through your head when that happens is just what it, a heckle I can handle, but the song that's used to remember our fallen servicemen... Oh, no. It's just like, oh, I can't make a joke about this, really, and so mm. we just had to deal with it. yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I do remember, you know, when you're in school and you have to do the last post, mm-hmm. I I just, I always thought horns, any horn sound was hilarious. Yes. When I was quite young, I, it was, well, I was it laughing uncontrollably. It's a bugle, It's a bugle, right? yeah. yeah. But I, I just thought it was synonymous with, you know, farting. And I, yeah. I couldn't handle it. And I felt so bad. I was like crying. Now you just put one of the most horrible thoughts in my head of the last post being played by farts. <laughs> oh, no. That's awful. Okay, we got we got to yeah, change move topic. On. Move on. Um, but yeah, okay, so you, you tweeted, talking about religion, you tweeted the Westboro Baptist Church graphic images. Yes, yes, I, um, yeah, look, I think, I talk about this on stage, I think, you know, the, I think it was uh, Martin Luther King said that you can't out hate with hate, only love can do that, right? Mm-hmm. So I've just been sending the Westboro Baptist Church love, it just so happens to be graphic gay love being shown in imagery. Uh, and I think that seems to be working, but um, I just, yeah, when I remember, I, I used to do it every day for about six months, but I, I just send them, when I can remember, just some graphic imagery over Twitter, just two dudes. Don't set an alarm to remind you. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. I should start, I'll just start sending automatic tweets every day, yeah. I just send them. Just I, a tweet deck, and it'll and I, take care of it for the next few months. And I just say, good morning, and just send them, I don't say anything hateful, I don't send anything... I just send them two dudes having a good time together and see how they feel about it. They've never responded or anything? I think I've gotten, weirdly, one of them favourited it. (laughs) Which I feel like is them acknowledging it. But I think they're Mm. they're purposely, usually they go after, I was excited because I wanted them to go after me because there's nothing I love more than just going after a crazy person on Twitter. Um, Because that's what I are. Oh, this is the rumour I heard about them, right? Someone explain. So if you if you don't know who the Westboro Baptist Church are, they are um, the scary religious people from America that they picket things. Yeah, they picket everything. So like they picket funerals of soldiers, soldiers, um, gay people. They mm-hmm. picket Lady Gaga concerts. Yeah, that'll take them. Um, <laughs> uh, someone told me this is a rumor, but so they are all lawyers, right? So they're all very well trained lawyer. The pastor Fred Phelps was a was a barrister, not a barrister, but like the was a judge for a little while as well. They're all incredibly trained in the legal system. Someone was telling me that they make all their money, whereas it's almost like an act. What they do is they, they go out and they picket things and people try and sue them or defame them and they sue them back and make all their money. Oh. Do you know what I mean? So it's a big fraud. So they're not as hateful as they seem. Oh, they're, they're crazy. They're, Christ, they're crazy Christian so people. So no one in the Westboro Baptist Church has to pay arms because it's all coming in through like suing people who sued the Su- Westboro Baptist Church. Exactly. So they, they set themselves up to be sued and then they make their money back. Again, this is a, this is a legend. This is a rumour. But it's a, it's a conspiracy theory. But I think it's, if that's true, 
you almost have to go, wow, guys, that is impressive to think of that plan. Like, well, let's become the world's most hated family and just to make a bit of coin. It's kind of incredible. Mm, yeah. The audacity. Yes. All right, we've got a track from Brendan McLean, a Sydney fella. My friend Brendan McLean, mm-hmm. yes. Tell um, us more about this guy. Brendan McLean, you may know him. His song went viral, a couple of them. He had a um, song called Stupid, and he makes these incredible film clips. He had a song Stupid and um, Winner, where mm-hmm. Winner was the one of him in reverse um, and getting dressed on a movie, on a on a running field. Uh, and he's worked with um, Paul Mack a bunch, and uh, he's kind of a, he's an incredible queer uh, musician. Yeah, kind of. I'd say he's an icon. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible. And he's very funny. He's, I recommend you follow him on Twitter. He's, he's living in LA at the moment writing songs. Uh, but he's, he's, yeah, he's one of my favourite people in the whole world. But this is my favourite song of his because it's not that kind of poppy, great stuff that he does. This yeah, is just very him. sugary kind of music. Yeah, this is him, I think, at his best. Where you, This is what you get when he's live, is just him and a piano and maybe some strings. And he's Because he's got an incredible voice. And um, I really enjoy him. And this is my favourite song. Uh, It is called Beat Me To It. I also cried. I went through a breakup a couple of years ago and I cried my eyes out to this song because it's a very, like, literal song about a breakup. Anyways, you beat me to it. Pass me a peg. I'll still put out your laundry. Pass you a bandage and tie up my own It's not that I'm alone It's you're not here You still come around the mountains when you come With an ace up my sleeve I am out I'm glad you met my friend I just wish you were there and stayed But you beat me to it That was quite beautiful. I know, right? Brendan McLean, best. And also, so earnest in his music, but one of the funniest people I've ever met in my whole life. 
uh, much funnier than any comedians that I know. He's very quick and very funny. All so right. follow him on Twitter. You Beat Me To It is the name of that song. And my guest today is Reese Nicholson. We've got another track to play right now from the Gooch Palms, Hunter Street Mall. Now, why do you want to bring this song on? This is uh, two reasons, because it's uh, the Gooch Palms are from Newcastle originally, where I am from as well. Um, also, my sister went to school with both the members. She's friends with, remains to be friends with both the members of the band. Um, and they're awesome. They're kind of this weird like surfer punk. And I went to one of their shows once at the Oxford Art Factory and it's, they're just incredible. They use one of those, what are those things called that make the... A theremin. A theremin. They yeah, use so one of those on stage. Yeah, very surfy sounds. Yeah. Um, and th- this song is called Hunter Street Mall, which is where, like, that's the place that you hang out. It's like this horrible part in Newcastle, the kind of the main bit of Newcastle. There's a KFC there. Newcastle has the biggest KFC in this hemisphere, by I the way. saw it. I was up there for the This Is Not Art Festival. How good is that festival? Yeah. It is such a good festival. I, I go up most but, years. and But that thing, that thing, that KFC, that thing, yep, it's, it's like a shopping centre, but all you have there to buy is... Fried chicken. chicken. Yeah, three levels. Three levels of chicken. Uh, it's the biggest one in this hemisphere, so congratulations. I think Newcastle, I don't know if we still do, but a few years ago we did have the highest production of methamphetamines in Australia, so woo! Um, but meth I really. And chicken. I know. Mm. Well, they, one thing leads to another. What do you want after your meth? You want some chicken, then when you're done with your chicken, you want some meth. <laughs> uh, it's a vicious cycle. I, I think. Um, don't do meth. I think. Uh, this song kind of really well sums up Newcastle as well, hanging down at the Hunter Street Mall. It's kind of there's, there was used to be a David Jones there, and that shut down because it went bankrupt. Uh, it's it's a ghost town that part of Newcastle, but they're trying to make it's it better. It's charming though. It's I, great. I think I think it's going to explode. I love I love Newcastle so much. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, Actually, um, this is this is off the album. This track is off the album. Hunter Street Mall's off Novo Novos. Nova, yeah. Have you seen the video clip for Novos? No. It is archival footage of a riot. It's a riot Wait, in no, Newcastle. I have seen this. I have seen yeah. this, yes. And so there's there's a pub that's closing down. It's in the 70s. Uh, there's a pub that's closing down, and so their last night, free beer. So everyone turns up for the free beer, gets a bit rowdy. <laughs> police come to shut it down. People are, like, you know, worried about losing out on their free beer. Back off. And literally, like, turning over cars, burning stuff, like, abusing the police. Like, yeah. it, someone gets thrown in the back of a police van, They and, like, friends go up and, like, free him. It's completely nuts, and it's just, like, basically almost completely unedited footage from this. That's Newcastle. Right, and it's... Best marriage of song and video. So oh, great. And they're oh. great. And they're just great. And they're just so much fun to watch. I highly recommend. Look them up and go and see them live. They're the best. Here you go. Gooch Palms, Hunter Street Mall. My guest today, Reese Nicholson. Wee.
Some time has passed since you've heard uh, Machine Gun Fellatio on FBI 94.5, but it still stands the test of time, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, they're the best. I, I like them because um, my uncle was in Machine Gun Fellatio, um, and still is in it, I guess. They never they never actually announced that they're broken up. They are. Uh, <laughs> he, he, so he was, a, he was a writer, my uncle. Uh, he's written for, like, Tex Perkins, and he, he won an aria because he co-wrote No Aphrodisiac with the Whitlams. Wow. Um, he's on... If you watch, the, the story goes that he will, he will talk about and tell publicly that he um, was on some magic mushrooms at the arias and won an aria. Oh, my gosh. And if that you would actually, be terrifying. Yeah, if you watch the video... So Tim, Tim Friedman is saying the speech... And there is my uncle and Matt, who is the lead singer with Pinky Beecroft in um, Machine Gun Flash, is standing there holding arias. Just if you actually, if you know that they're on mushrooms, you go, oh yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. That facial expression that you're making right there. Um, so based on that, we can assume that your uncle is insane. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> well, he's not anymore. Like he used. To, I remember thinking, why is Uncle Glenn always so manic? Uh, but he, it was because he was in a band and was insane. But he no, now, these days he, he works on um, Music Max on Foxtel and he hosts and he writes and he writes books and blah, blah, blah. But he's, he's, he's kind of, you know, in your family, you have someone that isn't your parents that you get all advice off. Yeah. Like you, he was, he's my, that guy he used to hang out at his house on the weekends and um, we would talk about music and he kind of got, he's, he got me into talking heads for the first time. Did you um, go to any, any of his gigs? Yes. I got to, so I was quite young kind of I would have been in between they were they were kind of blowing up and were on tours and in the hottest 100 around when I would have been between 10 to 14 and so I used to get taken to these concerts sometimes like I went there they did a big one at the powerhouse museum a few years ago and I, I remember I, I jumped up on stage. He, he pulled me up on stage. And I was dancing for a while uh, with KK Juggy, who was the female lead singer who sings Mother on a motorcycle. And, um, and my uncle just, he wanted me to crowd surf for the first time. So he just threw me off the stage down into the audience. <laughs> and they just, they just took it on. And I just got thrown. It was the best, though. It's like some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. And then they took me back to the, back up onto the stage and we kept dancing. And I was like, in, we, we used to call KK my fairy godmother because I was like obsessed with her and she was incredible. She's amazing. She, she would dress up as a nun, sing Mother Ever on a Motorcycle, strip down to, and she'd have mustaches painted above her nipples. 
Um, oh no, below her nipples, so they look like little, little faces. Um, and then she would do cartwheels in um, high heels or rollerblades. She used to do splits in rollerblades, topless. It sounds like the coolest um, lady of all time. Yeah. Oh, the best lady. Uh, so her real name is Christy Hughes. Um, anyways, uh, she. Uh, so he, knowing that I was obsessed with her for my eleventh birthday, my uncle got me a signed picture of Krista topless, and it says, uh, "Happy, uh, dear Reese, happy legs eleven, love Krista." And I still have it on my wall to this day. It's one of my most prized possessions. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. What a 11th birthday gift. Yeah, I know, a right? A nutty photo. Of and the fact that my parents, were, my parents were like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> I'm on board with this. So you, you clearly have a bit of a different background from most of us. Yes. Although I think my parents knew that it was fine for me to see boobs at that age. I think they knew how it was going to end up. I think they knew that I wasn't going to be doing anything with that picture. I think it was like, no, no, he's pretty effeminate. That's um, really interesting. So do you actually think that's the case, that your parents at 11 were like, eh, no, I, th- I think he's gay? My mum says that she knew when I was five, which I think is a bit of a stretch. But I w- mm. I've always been like this. I've always been... And that I think... Well, this is getting into weird territory. Uh, I think it's a genetic thing ba- purely based on that because I have, you know, I was raised by two... Straight artsy parents, I guess, but from from very little, I've always been. Art will do that to you. Art will do it. Art will make you a faggy. Tell you what, Um, (laughs) uh, I've always been. I've always been quite effeminate. I've always been. um, You know, I I remember being obsessed with my like buddy when I was in kindergarten. Like my, who this is a weird. (laughs) He was he was in year six at the time, but age age difference then. I he was he was someone who would grow up to be quite handsome, and I remember being obsessed with him when I was when I was like five. Anyways, whatever. We don't need to talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> okay, if if you would like to avoid, but yeah. Um. So growing up in Newcastle, at what at what point did you decide? You know, I'm getting out of here as soon as I possibly can. Uh, it wasn't necessarily. It was just probably I would have been about 18 because I I finished school and hadn't really gotten much out of school. Really, like mm. I I didn't tr- my HSC. Like I, I did fine in the HSC. I just didn't really want to go to uni. I applied for a few art schools thinking about that and then just thought no I'm just going to move to Sydney because I wanted to be a comedian because I'd done real comedy and had gotten to the grand final of that and had kind of gone no this is definitely what I want to do um, and so saved as much money as I possibly could working in a burger shop for a year and moved when I was 19 and just start, lived in abject poverty for uh, <laughs> for a few years and I remain to in, in many ways um, and just kept trying and trying and trying and trying and you know now I'm at the point where I don't have a day job anymore and it's just it's been a shit fight but you know, fun it's one. worth it yeah it's worth most it. shit fights are fun exactly and yeah. it's you know it's it, Sydney there was no there was no comedy in Newcastle that I could do so I needed to move to Sydney to to make this happen and I still love Newcastle it's yeah. a it's a great town there's a lot of there's a lot of great art scenes there I think. There is, like, when you go up during Tina, I know it's yeah. great, but then you say to the locals, oh, Tina's amazing, I, live, I want to move to Newcastle, cheap rent and creativity, and they're like, oh, it's not oh, always no, like this. No, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, like, the, be- nice. the beaches are good, and the people, like, they're great people. I just think it's, there used to be a steel city, and that went all belly up, and so that kind of took a bit of life out of it. But, um, I see. Yeah. Industry. No, industry. Mm. 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 Grown-up things. Mm. Ah, such grown-up things. So... Track from the presets. Yes. Yippee yay yo. Yippee yay yo. Uh, yippee yay yo. Yeah, it sounds like something from Die Hard. I really like this song. Presets are my favorite Australian band, I think, because uh, it's like it's the music when I was in, when I was kind of sixteen to eighteen was when they were kind of blowing up uh, properly around everywhere. Was when you know the things like um, My People and that things were coming out. I think that was my eight, around my eighteenth when I was in the last year of year twelve, and they were. You know, the first kind of um, fun music that I really liked, the first kind of poppy, but it's not pop, I guess. Um, and I just, I think about them like dancing on sticky floors in pubs in mm. Newcastle. and Ones you can't wear thongs in. Exactly. See, I miss that. I'm, I miss sticking to the floor of like the Annandale and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and pulling my friends off, mm. pulling my female friends off dudes that they're kissing on the dance floor and going, <laughs> no, you can't do this. And $3 vodka <laughs> Red Bulls. Yeah. Oh, best time. And uh, this is my first ever gig that I really enjoyed. I saw them in like 2008, supported by Vanshee yep. at a workers club. What a what a gig though. What a gig. See, there were, there were some good times. Yes. Yeah. Newcastle, good times. All Get right. involved. Go from the creature. 
a track presets Sydney Darlings they're so great mm. they're so great I think um, yeah they're like they're, yeah, yeah they're great they're just like super fun and their shows are incredible their show, I went to their Enmore show their tour show last year and it was yeah, crazy good crazy crazy good very energising yeah we were just talking off air about anxiety and mm. stuff like that I don't, I don't mm. remember how it came up but um, I think it, I just started crying and, oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, yeah. So we we both we both got the anxiety. Mental health is like a big thing recently. Like I think the ABC, yeah. the ABC did this big mental health. They're thing. doing yeah. I think they did really well actually. Like it's I mean, it's it's hard to tackle because there's like so many like everyone's different a different experience of anxiety, for example. But yeah. you've got the full scope of mental mm. ill health, mm. Mm. and I think it's it's nice to call it mental ill health because it's kind of like you know the difference between I have a uh, like a. What is it? What's what's the other way of talking about like mental illness? It's kind yeah. of like you can never shake that, but in mental ill health, it's kind of like you, uh, with some love you can cure it. Yeah, you know? exactly. There's um like I think I I don't think the panic attack like I get panic attacks and I think you get panic like mm. we have anxiety disorders. It never really goes away, but you 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 can just learn how to manage it, I guess. Yeah. Um. And uh, as a comedian, as that a comedian, would be you'd have have to have some experience of you know anxiety before a show with without having a disorder but when you do is it usually before the show during the show after the show that you have big i get i get i get anxiety like i'm get better now that i can kind of own it it's kind of the best way that i can explain an anxiety attack to someone that's never had one is like if ever you have had maybe you've realized that you were too drunk or maybe you've realized that you are too intoxicated by other substances you have a bit of a freak out mm-hmm. and you suddenly like say you're greening out or something and you go oh my god this is this is the I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna die I think I'm gonna die and you have to like own it and just go it's fine I'm just a bit too drunk or I'm just you know what I mean like you yeah. have to sit inside so, like, the pain attack 
Yeah, I'm not dying. I'm not dying. Analyze the situation. This is fine. In yeah. 10 minutes, this is going to be fine. And you just mm-hmm. wait for the symptoms to go away. I'm better at that now. When I didn't know that I had anxiety, because it's one of those weird ones where there's no specific symptoms. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. there's no... Um, and General unease. I went to a psychologist for the first time, psychiatrist, I mean, and... As soon as they went, oh no, that's that's anxiety. Uh, it's become very manageable now. Um, I, I get it before shows, and I've had one last year. It's happened once where I got one on stage. Ooh, what happened? Um, I just had a bit of a freak out. Um, uh, it was fine. I just got the usual, yeah, like the pins and needles in your arms, and the your heart rate goes up, and you start to sweat, and you start to. I couldn't get words out really, um, which made it even worse. I looked like. I was having a mental breakdown, essentially. And I think the show that was meant to go for 50 minutes went for about 30 and just got off stage as quickly as I possibly could and um, just f- quietly sat backstage for a little while and had a little bit of a freak out. And it was fine. It's it's fine. Like, it, as soon as you... And then I tweeted about it and people got refunds and stuff like that. But um, it's just something you can't... It's not necessarily even brought on by anything. Mm. It can just happen for no reason. Yeah, it um, doesn't like to obey rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've exactly. got a you've got a show tonight, which hopefully you will have no issues with. Yay! Is it, is it tonight or is it tomorrow night? It's tonight. It's tonight, okay, tomorrow night, and Saturday. I'm at the Sydney Comedy Store, my favourite place in the whole world. It uh, is a charming, perform. charming venue. It's the best. It's purpose built for comedy. It's my favorite. It is my favorite place to perform. And most people's, if you've performed there before, most people say this is my favorite place. Um, it's just fun. It's, uh, I think you can get tickets on the door. It's me headlining with a bunch of other really great comedians. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just going to be the best night ever. So come and come to the Moore Park. There's no other reason to go to Moore Park. So, <laughs> than unless the you like sports. Quarter. Yeah, exactly. Moore Don't Park. go to sport. All right. 23rd to 25th of October. So that's tonight, tomorrow night, the next day? Yes. 2014. 2014. <laughs> that's this Thank year. Thank you. 8.30 p.m. 8.30. And you need to be over 18, apparently. You do. Look, you can get away if you're 16. It's not a lot. It's more of a content thing. It's just more about be, how you hold yourself, really. Exa- just walking like, with confidence. Nice the guards, exactly. You know, because it's not a it's not a pub. Like it's not a, it's just a venue. It's like a theatre. But um, yeah. no, come on down, come on down, and hear me say rude words. Fantastic, Reese Nicholson. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Ash. This has been really fun. Yeah, it is an incredibly fun show. Now I'm going to yeah. make steal away with a nice mixtape you've left with me, and yeah. we've got one last track to play off that. Tell this, us. This is Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue. Um, is that right? Yes. Indeed. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Spot on. Look at me you, being on radio. You um, did make the mixtape. Uh, this is this is the kind of music my dad my dad really likes. Um, like people like John Prine and uh, Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash, those types of guys. And this is the music that I kind of grew up listening to. And I like this song. It's really funny and it's live and it's Johnny Cash in a way that you don't usually hear him. Yeah. Wonderful. Like on FBI ninety four point five. You've been listening to Out of the Box with Reese Nicholson, my guest today. My name's Ash Bertabez, and here you go, Johnny Cash. Thanks for having me. Bye. Well, my daddy left home when I was three And he didn't leave much to Ma and me Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze Now, I don't blame him cause he run and hid But the meanest thing that he ever did Was before he left, he went and named me Sue Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke And it got a lot of laughs from lots of folks Seems I had to fight my whole life through some gal would giggle and I'd get red And some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue Well, I grew up quick and I grew up mean My fist got hard, my wits got keen Roamed from town to town to hide my shame But I made me a vow to the moon and stars I'd search the honky-tonks and bars And kill that man that give me that awful name well, it was Gatlinburg in mid-July And I'd just hit town and my throat was dry I thought I'd stop and have myself a brew At an old saloon on a street of mud There at a table dealing stud Sat the dirty mangy dog that named me Sue Well, I knew that snake was my own sweet dad From a worn-out picture that my mother had had And I knew that scar on his cheek and his evil eye He was big and bent and gray and old And I looked at him and my blood ran cold And I said, my name is Sue How do you do? How you gonna die? Yeah, that's what I told him Well, I hit him hard right between the eyes And he went down, but to my surprise He come up with a knife and cut off a piece of my ear 
But I busted a chair right across his teeth And we crashed through the wall and into the street Kicking and a-gouging in the mud and the blood and the beard I tell you, I fought tougher men But I really can't remember when He kicked like a mule and he bit like a crocodile I heard him laugh and then I heard him cuss And he went for his gun and I pulled mine first He stood there looking at me and I saw him smile He said, son, this world is rough And if a man's gonna make it, he's gotta be tough And I know I wouldn't be there to help you along So I give you that name and I said goodbye I knew you'd have to get tough or die And it's that name that helped to make you strong Yeah said, now you just fought one hell of a fight And I know you hate me and you got the right to kill me now And I wouldn't blame you if you do But you ought to thank me before I die For the gravel in your guts and the spit in your eye Cause I'm the son of a bitch that named you Sue Yeah, well what could I do? What could I do? I got all choked up and I threw down my gun Called him a paw and he called me a son And I come away with a different point of view And I think about him now and then Every time I try and every time I win And if I ever have a son I think I'm gonna name him Bill or George, any damn thing But Sue, I still ain't that Out of the Box. Meet people through their music. With Ash Bertabez on FBI.